A silver lining from the pandemic. Are Americans feeling better about their financial future? We're going to talk about it coming up on the show today. From the streets of San Antonio, straight to your wallet, it's Jake's Two Cents on Jake of All Trades. And welcome back, everybody. My name is Kirk, and I'm not a financial expert. But I'm Jake, and I am the financial expert. And together, Kirk and I talk about financial planning, we talk about the economy, and we review financial articles, all with the express purpose of helping our listeners build wealth, both today and into the future. And today, we're going to be talking about optimism, and if we really should be optimistic, or hopeful. I mean, it's always good to be optimistic, but you know, do you know the story of Pollyanna? No. So do you know what it means to be a Pollyanna though? Have you heard that term? I think I have. Yeah. So to be Pollyanna, like, so the story of Pollyanna is like basically, a, you know, this woman is very optimistic and she goes through life super optimistic, even when she's on like a, a raft right about to go over a waterfall and die. Right. She's like, Ooh, look, what a beautiful day it is. Right. So she's Pollyanna is just like so optimistic, but oh, like oblivious of the world around you. Ah, optimistic, Pollyannish. Right? I've heard people say Pollyannish before. Like, well, that's where that comes from. Yeah, Pollyannish. Being, so that's yeah, where that comes from. That's what oh. I call. Yeah, being po- a Pollyanna or Pollyannish. A Pollyanna is ah. you like you're so optimistic. It's like, ooh, there's a butterfly. And it's like you know your family's being killed by you know whatever <laughs> right over there. And it's like you know like that's kind of Pollyannish. It's just Got you're it. looking for the silver lining no matter what it is. It's like no, sometimes things are just bad, right? True. Now I don't know if that's what's going on now. Um, I, we'll talk about this survey and we'll get your opinions. I'm gonna, I'm optimistic in certain ways and other ways not. But we'll see what what you think about the world and what Americans think. Yeah. What are they so, thinking? There was a study that was conducted by Fidelity Investments, and they profiled three thousand, a little over three thousand consumers. The uh, age demographic was 18, the 18 and older, and the average age of these 3,000 participants was 48. And so they asked them a series of questions about how they're feeling about the their financial future going into the new year. So we're recording this right now at the end of 2021. So this is kind of like a year-end um recap of the last two years of chaos and how people have <laughs> That's one way to put it. Made it through these past two years and what some of the Mm -hmm. benefits from a financial perspective that have come out of this. So that was the survey. And a lot of the meat of the, how they, I think, how the survey or how this article classified optimism was just about how people were at a higher rate setting financial resolutions or financial goals Mm. for the new year. The more people were doing that than they have in in previous years, yeah. And a, a lot of the what I extracted from the data was that this is more about behavioral changes and ways of thinking about your finances more so than maybe like logistically like having more money. Yeah, so I, I definitely can like attest to that myself, and mm-hmm. I'd be um, curious if just a big part of that is because this biggest generation since the baby boomers is growing up. Right. Mm-hmm. In a sense. Right. So there's this millennial group that we don't really talk about millennials. Like we used to a couple of years ago. I don't know if, you know, just a few years ago, like millennial, everyone was talking about millennials all the time. Yeah. And now it's like, we're not talking about them as much. I don't know if, what that would happen, 
Um, maybe yeah, they just question, got old because we don't. You don't yeah. hear that as much anymore. Yeah, yeah, it used to be like a big thing. I have a couple, re- you know, theories of why that happened. We could talk about that some other time or later. But, but I do think there is this obviously this generation of people born between, you know, we could say 1981 and 19 what is it 91 or something like that or. Or 95 yeah yeah something, yeah, something like that like late 90 early 80s to late 90s like that generation as uh, a big group of of people including us you and i mm-hmm. yes and you know they're starting to make more money they they maybe had some downturns for a while but during the pandemic a lot of us actually made more money um for a variety of reasons not just the stimulus but also um, you know, maybe hobbies paid off like mm-hmm. for me or, or getting new jobs. And then of course there's a boom in the job market. So in terms of like actually hiring people. Yeah. So I, I just think like, I, I bet a lot of these people who are in this survey are people who like me, who didn't think about, you know, finance as much in the past. And now we are for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, you know, so it's like, but part of that is like maybe just an age thing. Right. It's just, oh, it's just happening because, you it's know, it's a natural progression. Yeah. So it's like, there's a lot, of, there's millions of young people becoming between the ages of 30 and 38 at this moment yeah. in time. And so, yeah. and then, you know, we went through two years of this and that might've, you know, exacerbated or, or, you know, made more clear this issue sure. of financial planning and things like that. Or it brought it to the forefront, right? Kind of like yeah. we think about the analogy of how, everyone in there, we were moving slowly to more virtual or uh, mm-hmm. hybrid work environments. And then all of a sudden everyone had to adopt to it because that's what the environment dictated. Yeah. So that you could argue this is kind of the same thing, right? People lost their jobs, the economy tanked, um, a lot of chaos was occurring. And a lot of that has to do with the amount of money you have and that stability that money can provide. So I think, you know, external factors did play a role probably. And I think where I see the optimism again is about Mm -hmm. the behavioral changes that are coming out of this. Like you, you alluded to it perfectly too. It could be age, but in your situation, right in the last few years, you've started paying closer attention to the need for financial management of your life. And that has resulted in maybe not a hundred percent the reason, but it's resulted in better income for you, better planning, better opportunities. So I think that I'm taking that from this survey that people found their footing when it came to their money. And now we're starting to see it materialize in the way people are feeling about managing their finances. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so so there's there, there are people who are changing their behavior and rethinking their lives for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic probably sped that up. Mm-hmm. One of the, the things that I think a lot of people came to realize is, you know, the importance of finances to living their lives long-term and, you know, the, um, the philosophy of like scraping by to do what you love isn't, isn't necessarily what will make you happy long-term. And right. especially if there's emergencies, right. Mm-hmm. And you, you start seeing yourself get a little older and then your needs and desires change too. Right. So people want to start families, they want houses, things like that change. And so finances become more important. Whereas when you were in your twenties, uh, especially our generation who probably, you know, was maybe, you know, to be polite about it a little bit uh, in the 
immature childish phase for a little bit longer than previous generations, right? Where you had to grow up faster, maybe, Um, you know, we got to, we got to be kids longer. And and then that, no, I don't want to, I don't like that phrase exactly, but I just mean, you know, we got to pursue passions longer without, you know, um, the benefit of success. Um, (laughs) And um, so I, you know, I just, I think a lot, a lot of that happened now, by the way, I'm still very pro passion. I think you should, you know, I still write, I still do. I'm not saying don't do those things, but there is like a limit. And I think a lot of young people might hit a limit where they don't, um, or, you know, millennials, I should say versus young people where they don't, we can't, at some point we have to stop calling millennials ourselves young people. Yeah. Gen Z is the right. Gen Z is the young Uh people. They're creeping up. They're the, why aren't they like 20 now? Yeah. Yeah, they're I mean, in their they're 20s. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're totally adults. adults. Yeah, they just, um, yeah, it's. And then there's the next generation that are being born in the last five years, right? Like the. Yeah, I mean, we're the middle-aged generation at this point. Middle-aged? <laughs> Almost, right? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm excited about. So, so talking about, so yeah, these behavior changes, there's optimism and the behavior changes are like, you know, planning for long-term, changing, making goals. I liked that part of, the fidelity is that what changed was the success of goal setting, right? Yes. So people started setting goals, seeing them successful. So that, you know, the, the pursue your passion, like recklessly is dumb. I don't think I ever did that. I think a lot of people did not do that, but some people probably did, but this idea of like having success with financial goals and seeing like, Oh, wow, I could, you know, buy a house or I can, save mm-hmm. up and have, you know, an extra $10,000 for emergencies and mm-hmm. things like that. When you start seeing those things, or I can invest and see some success in the stock market. And wow, all of a sudden, you know, I yeah. made, you know, an extra 40% or whatever, mm-hmm. or 20%, or, you know, whatever they're at. And uh, over a couple of years, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. That's the kind of one of the statistics that I wrote down that stuck out to me, not statistics, but one of the points from the survey was that they found 71% of the respondents in the survey stuck with their financial goals in 2021. And that was up from 58% in 2020. So that's a pretty mm. big move, right? So you yeah. could, there's obviously a lot of factors that play into that, but the message is good. And that is there's now a greater emphasis on setting and achieving financial goals. And just like you pointed out, that's what I tell with my clients all the time too. You need to accomplish things in order for them to become tangible and desirable, right? It's yeah. difficult for you to just high level think about retirement when you're 35 because that ain't going to be accomplished for another 30 something years, right? But when you take smaller goals and you focus on them, accumulating 10 grand in a savings account, buying a house, buying a car, those types of things, that's when, you know, and we're starting to see it placing the emphasis on it, setting the goal and accomplishing it. Now that's becoming more of a habit for people, I think. And that's a really healthy habit for you to have. And it's also a very healthy perspective to have on money as well, that it's not just accumulation based, right? This is a lifestyle sort of uh, uh, planning process. And it's something that needs to be incorporated in your everyday life. And I think it's positive to see the increase in the amount of people that are setting those financial goals and working towards them to accomplish them. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, benefits other than the, 
you know, optimism. So th this article is about optimism. But, you know, so if you think about it, optimism is like, hey, let's look at the future and what I expect can happen. And part of it is not just like what the world will do, but what I can do. Right. And so there's a self-esteem aspect to goal setting, to making little successes, you know, in whatever you do. So this is focusing on finances, which I think can give you a lot of um, optimism, although there's, I think in a limited way, uh, you know, like it's, it's not your total life. So you, you sure. there's other goals that can help you make you optimistic. And, you know, so I'm, I'm happy to see people seeing success like this because you can leap into from this into other areas of your life and see small goals. And then you get more and more self-esteem. And then it's kind of like a, you know, a, a virtuous cycle where yeah. you, know, you, you get some successes in health, right? And you go, you just go to the gym every day and you feel a little bit better. And like, I could do this. And, and that feeling just like with that feeling of, I can do this makes it. So if I could do this now, I could do this next year. Right. right. And, and it gives you that kind of feeling uh, of long-term success. Right. And same thing with, um, you know, so, so you do that with work, right? I, I want to make a that's little bit more. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's, so that is the perfect, you just illustrated, I think, what the, there's a section in this that talks about on the survey. They asked about future employment opportunities and what people's plans were. And in the 18 to 35 age group, 47% of the respondents said they were looking to change jobs in 2022, yeah. right? Which takes confidence. So it takes a lot of confidence. Yeah, it yeah. takes a little financial stability to and be that, able yeah. to make that pivot. But then it also, there was uh, one, there was an overwhelming number of respondents, 84% that said after living through the pandemic, they've learned to stop worrying about things that they can't control. And so mm. that can also play into this factor of like, I'm unhappy. Yeah, I'm unhappy. I can't do this yeah. anymore. And now I feel confident and optimistic enough about my future that I'm going to make a change. And I think that's really positive. Yeah, that is. I, I do like that. I hope that that's true of sufficient amounts of people because I do think there is a, a, you know, I've noticed the opposite strain. So my pessimism grows a little bit where I've seen a strain of people think they can control the world a little bit more than they, they can. And they, they oh. go to things like politics to do that. Right. Uh, and and that's where you get these disasters. That's what a lot of people see as in politics. And, and right. that's what always makes me nervous sure. is when people want to control others or whatever through that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I do. So this is folk, this is a narrow survey focusing yeah. on financial su right. success. And I think it's good sign. It's a healthy sign to, you know, ha to have that kind of optimism about yourself and about your finances. And, you know, I think like, this also to me shows that more young American or more Americans in general, but what was it? 25 to 48 is most or 25 and up, but 48 is the average age. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Like the, the bulk of American working class today um, is what this is surveying surveys trying to or, or it's essentially capturing yeah, capture, I mean, it's or like, trying to capture, trying yeah. to capture how much it actually captures the broader public. I don't know, but, but of a so certain type of people. But, yeah, exactly. So that's a very right. narrow, I don't, you know, I know you can extrapolate things about a broader, but there's, you need to be very careful with those kinds of 
studies, like what it really says about 350 million people. Right. right. That's, that's what is that? Are, or are we over 350 in America now? Like we have a lot of people. Like I didn't, I didn't think we were, I thought we were between 300 and 350. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe yeah. we were, I thought we were at least 350, but whatever. Now, so still a lot of people. Now but, that's an interesting point that you bring up about the, the, the narrow scope of the data set for this. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's one thing we can extrapolate from this and compare it to other shows we've done. And that was the shows we did when we looked at credit card balances and Mm. savings account balances. And that was a much larger pool of people. And in both of those scenarios, we saw two very healthy behaviors happening, paying down debt and increasing savings. So it sort of does complement some of the things that are being taken out of here from this survey as well. And I love that we did those episodes because we've sort of been gradually touching on and extracting some of the good (laughs) (laughs) from the last two years. And I think that's really positive as well. I love your optimism. I love that point. I think that's absolutely true there. Yeah. I think there is this big chunk of this, this, this um, group that we're talking about in American, in America. And you know, what I was um, going to say was something like in that category of people where there may be some things was like in the past, they thought they could change the world or they could, you know, go into X, Y, Z, which is not a bad feeling necessarily, but now they're more focused on their own finances, living their own lives, enjoying life, um, you know, and, and understanding what they do and do not have control over that. That is a good sign to me. Yeah. If, you know, the more that that's true. Mm-hmm. And it does make me think of this uh, Winston Churchill, I don't know if you're going to like this, <laughs> this uh, quote, I think it was Winston Churchill and I'll clean it up, but it's basically like, you know, um, <laughs> I don't know how to say this, but like <laughs> you're immature, like I'll just use the word immature again, immature people, you know, in their twenties are Democrats and they're conservative in their thirties. You've heard that term, that <laughs> phrase, that, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously he says a lot more mean, Right. And, and I think he means, you know, if we take this economically, so obviously it's much more complicated than that in American politics with social sure. and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this idea that, you know, like the, the idea of being conservative economically, uh, oh, you know, sure. especially with your own finances, uh, but also with other, you know, with like the, the country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think there's, there's one of the concerns that our people in this survey even are expressing are the inflation concerns. And which is a legitimate concern to have. It's like, wait a minute, I'm starting to make more money. And now you're going to give me some damn inflation, which means that my money. Now stuff's going to get more expensive. Yeah, now stuff's going to get like right when I finally, you know, like I want to buy something nice. And now you're telling me it's going to be harder to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think you're, you're, so for me, you know, like the, the, you know, less government interference person, (laughs) like (laughs) I like that sentiment because I think you can capture that and say, okay, Let's stop being crazy with the government and, you know, let's, you know, let's tap down some of this stuff. And to me, that optimism is a good thing. Um, And hopefully someone will tap into that and, you know, like let's lead a good 2022 and a good 2020 because my fear is, you know, the 2024 will be a disaster again. Uh, That's what I'm afraid of. 2024. So we're going to have like one, two more because the presidential election. Oh, oh, yeah. So like, so like, you know, what, 
Well, but a lot of people like, so the politics is not in, irrelevant for me, for optimism. And I think for a lot of people. No, absolutely not. And, and so midterm year. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, we're going to deal with this this year as well. And this doesn't talk about that. This doesn't address the yeah. psychological effects of, of how that does impact people's thoughts and behaviors when they're living through, even if they're, you know, not running for anything, that's what we're involved with. That's the world around us that's surrounding us talking about people arguing about having yeah. opinions about. And so that can really permeate into this as well to, to hamper optimism. So 2022 will be a good test for that, right? Because yeah. there there's, it may not be a presidential election, but you can argue that these elections are, are more impactful uh, than the presidential election, right? So there's going to be some of that tension resurfacing again that we experienced in 2020 and the this survey these statistics is very financially focused it yeah. may not necessarily translate into how people live their lives when other external factors are being thrown in like that well yeah and i i think that's i agree i would just say that there's the addition of it's more than just you know all the psychological effects of seeing, you know, a side that you don't agree with that are spouting ideas you don't agree with that seem, but that they do have influence and power over your life. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's the issue that we've, that I think a lot of people have learned over the last several years is that, you know, with lockdowns, with mm -hmm. uh, mask mandates, and also with like, you know, holding back vaccinations and immigration laws and, you know, just a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And, you know, not, I'm not going to get into the positive, but just like on all sides that that does actually affect your life, right? Like it actually, it really, it affects the economy. It affects how much money you make. It affects inflation, um, you know, government spending effects. So these things do affect you. And I think the, what I'm seeing here for me, that makes me optimistic. Not just, people you know, are paying attention is that right? people are paying attention and that they, are seeing this, um, they, they, they are having their own like, skin in the game is the mind, the word that's coming, the phrase that's coming to mind where it's like, now I have this house that I want and I have goods that I want to get and I have goals that I want. So now when I think about, well, why, if I'm doing this, why can't the government balance its book? Right. And, and which, you know, instead of causing all of us to suffer for it, mm -hmm. right. Because of like the, huge deficit and things like that. Like, so just to me, that's what's, it's interesting to see these kinds of trends. Yeah. You know, Americans are being more, you know, responsible aware and, and aware of what's going on. So it's like yeah. when people are like, well, and this, by the way, there are Democrats and Republicans, not just a left or right thing who, who are like, you know, who are saying we can't spend this much money uh, without right. raising taxes <laughs> or if we're, you know, we're going to have to cut this or something. And, you know, so when I'm thinking about what's optimistic for 2022, that's my hope is that people are thinking, you know, continue the savings and let's, you know, lead a good life and leave and us be alone. proud of what you've accumulated <laughs> and worked towards. And yeah, protection. yeah. Now yeah. we feel a degree of protection. And I think that's important too. accomplishing goals. 
you, it's, it's yeah. great to accomplish them, but then I want to protect and preserve all that I've worked for, especially when it comes to personal finances. And when yeah. you realize the interconnectedness between your own wealth accumulation and the world economy, and you understand that relationship, it makes you more informed. It makes you pay more attention and it makes you be a little more protective. And I think those are good traits to start building. And I think surveys like this can small extent help illustrate that we are moving in the right direction. I'm going to say that moving in the right direction. I I hope so. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) well, like I said, I think, I think this, this is a good indication, right? Yeah. That's why. So I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I think that's a, it's a good, it's a good survey. I appreciated the survey. I'm glad people are saving. I think it's a good idea. Um, I would also say invest, not just save, right. but not just save, invest. Um, you know. And I think that we could also say many of these improvements in the behaviors of people is because they're listening to our show. Of 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and not only that, they're going to be listening to the show. Yeah. They, so if you listen to the show and you enjoy it, you need to share this. So please you know, do. You get a full, you know, share, share this with your friends because they're probably thinking about you know, what to do with their investments and their money. And, and we're giving them the details about what's going on in the world economy and how it impacts their, their wallet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Nothing we are, to, we, yeah. That's, saving the economy one person we at are, a time. One person at one listener <laughs> at a time. Saving one the list- economy one listener at a time. I that's what it. I like about it. And yeah. there's, um, I mean, there's a lot of interesting topics to, to keep discussing and we're going to keep going with it. We sure are. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Jake of All Trades. Be sure to check us out on social media by searching for at Jake's Two Cents and check out the blog at jakestwocents.com. Take care. We'll see you next time. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network. Member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. Actual performance and results will vary. These interviews do not constitute a recommendation as to the suitability of any investment for any person or persons having circumstances similar to those portrayed. Consult a financial advisor regarding your specific circumstances.